a Lebanese restaurant in Des Moines, Iowa. So, <laughs> so all of our listeners and, in and I hear I hear Sesame I hear we're big gorgeous. in Des I hear we're big in Des Moines. Huge. <laughs> Huge. Maybe maybe we should tag the restaurant and we Yes, we absolutely Yes, yeah, it should be sponsorship. We're the Cultivating Ministry podcast. Lebanese restaurant in Des Moines, Iowa. Check, check one, two. Is this thing on? Welcome to the Cultivating Ministry Podcast. Strategies, resources, and conversations equipping leaders to cultivate healthy ministry environments. My name is Chris Lynch, and as always, we are... Uh, so happy to have you listening whenever and wherever you may be today um, for this episode of our podcast. Uh, today, uh, our topic is going to be um, what you wish you would have known. Um, and we're going to talk about some things that maybe we wish we had known when we started in ministry. Now that we all have a lot of years of experience in ministry, which is still kind of crazy. Um. And so we hope that'll be um, uh, something that you find helpful if you're new into ministry or if you're experienced in ministry, we hope maybe you just get a good laugh out of it. Um, and maybe you too could share with us if you are experienced in ministry, something you wish you had known um, with us and we can share it with our, with our, our vast audience, our vast <laughs> audience. Vast of people, yeah. It's it's it's. Uh, it's are we redefining vast? Now? We are. We are. <laughs> um, yeah, for sure. Uh, so I've got Kay and Laura with me today. Um, so as we kind of jump in today, tell us, um, tell everybody who you are, it, what's going on in your world right now, and and maybe share either. I'm going to give you a choice here. Either one of the, you guys have maybe seen that trend on, on TikTok or Instagram. People do this thing where it's like, I was today years old when I found out blank or um, something that, that you um, kind of was an aha moment for you that you learned something that you went through a lot of life, not knowing um, well, what's, I'll give you an option. Cause I don't want to, you know, I don't want to pigeonhole anybody. I don't want to, <laughs> nobody puts baby in a corner. And so I don't want to put baby in a corner today. Um, so Laura, why don't you go first? What's going on All in right. Tennessee today? Well, um, Tennessee is football ready. We talked about that last week, but, um, still just living the dream up here in Knoxville Absolutely. where everything is orange and that's Green orange. Thing. By the way, Laura, you appreciate this as a Georgia football fan. Um, I listen to a daily podcast and they have scheduled for the Tennessee game. They do these things called dog nation invasions. Uh -huh. They try to get people to go, a bunch of dog fans to show up away in like the biggest away game of the year. And so this year they're going to do it at Tennessee and they rented a riverboat and they're going to be this huge riverboat of people coming down the Tennessee River and all dog fans are trying to, and Evan, according to the guy who hosts the show, and I'm sure he's doing it for ratings, according to the guy who hosts the show, um, there's all kinds of talk for he's getting smacked being taught to him that Georgia's trying to steal their traditions and they're all angry about it. And, and he's oh, actually loving it because he's fired up. <laughs> uh, that's awesome. Yeah. The, um, there's the Vol Navy that yep. all the people that come to the games by boats, I have a friend that, um, their family has their, the parents work at UT in various, um, ways and they park their boat down there all fall and just stay down there for the, 
for the fall. And we, we don't have time here to tell, to tell the whole story, but <clears throat> I had, I did go when I was in, when I was at Georgia, I went to a game at Tennessee at Knoxville and I, and it's, it's a fantastic story. It takes too long to tell on this podcast. It would take the <laughs> vast majority of the podcast and Kay's already rolling her eyes, but, <laughs> but I was just thinking for those people who think who are annoyed by sec friends, Fans try to have SEC friends. <laughs> well, but the thing is, we just it, be converted. It, I'm it, teasing. I, don't care. I know it. I know it's 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 a, a tagline for the SEC, but it does just mean more in the South. Anyway, <laughs> I was thing, just going. All I was does. I was just going to say that um, I the I have told people since that day that was in 1994. I went to that game. I think or 93 or 94. And I have always told people, if you ever go to a Tennessee football game and you're not a fan of a football team, you could leave a Tennessee fan. It yeah. was an absolutely <laughs> great experience. When, it, it, anyway, that's all I'm going to say. I'm done because Kay's going to be upset because we're talking one about more, One more tiny piece. One of my former youth from when I was in a local church is um, on the marketing team at UT, and she is in charge of game day experience. So oh, she gets wow. to do all of that. Cool. She has the coolest job in the whole world. That'll Shout out, Jay Rose. Yeah. There you go. Please. Now tell Dara to listen and follow. That's right. Just yeah. listen up. Otherwise, you're, otherwise, you're, otherwise you're dead to us, J. Rose. That's right. <laughs> All right, Lauren. Sorry. Tell us okay. your, your so, thing that you learned or wish you had known or whatever. Um. Okay. So this is one of those like TikTok things that I learned. And somebody may tell me this is not true, which is fine too. But so I always thought it was open sesame, like sesame seed. Yep. But apparently it's open says me. Oh. I'm shocked. There you go. Yeah. Interesting. I'm shook. I mean, it changed, say. obviously yeah. changed my life. And from oh, yeah. on, everything has Clearly been Clearly I'm a different person for knowing that. Yeah. So I yeah. wonder if that was you're, like some. You're welcome listeners. I wonder. Yeah. <laughs> Tell them you heard it here first or second because it's already on TikTok. <laughs> You heard it here second. We are always a day late and a dollar short here on the Cultivating Ministry podcast. Um, so I wonder if that was because somebody had like a a pronunciation issue and it came yeah. out as sesame. Or we just didn't have closed captioning. <laughs> like I watch everything with closed captioning. I know. Now, but oh, you yeah. Really? I love it. Oh, see, I, I don't. I don't. I, well, not live stuff because there's such a delay; it's obnoxious. But right. Um, well, part of it too is that I try to keep the TV real low once my kids go to bed, and so um, it's keeping yeah, my so brain I, sharp by reading. So I had to do that with something. I like I like I like that with like things like the Lord of the Rings when they're talking in a different accent. Sense. Yeah. Yes. Sometimes oh, I can't yeah. follow it, but like most of the time, I'm like, no, nah. because I end up watching, I end up reading and not watching yeah. what's happening, and I miss I do things. That too. Yeah. So, so, um, you know, the Google queen here, don't Google, <laughs> don't Google that. Oh, okay. Cause it'll prove me wrong. <laughs> I'm just That's like... fine. That's fine. <laughs> I'm at peace with it. Wait, I'm curious. What does <laughs> it, it say? Feel better. It's a joke. What's a joke? Huh? That it's that not it... actually says me. Yeah. Ah. Well, there you go. So it is actually open sesame. Mm-hmm. Huh. Why? why? Magical command used by Alibaba to yep. open the door of the robber's den in the story Alibaba and the 40 Thieves. Huh. Yeah, there you go. So who is Sesame? Is it a person? <laughs> it's a noun. 
something that always works to bring about a desired result. Hmm. It's a magical phrase. I don't know. Like abracadabra? I think so. Interesting. So. Well, there you go. You heard well, you, you, oh, you here and here first. That's right. It's also a Lebanese restaurant in Des Moines, Iowa. So, there's, <laughs> so all of our listeners and, in and I hear I hear I hear we're big in just, I hear we're big in Des Moines. Huge. <laughs> Huge. Maybe maybe we should tag the restaurant and we Yes, we absolutely yeah, should. Yes, sponsorship. We're the cultivating ministry podcast. <laughs> Sponsored Lebanese restaurant in Des Moines, Iowa. That would be fantastic. Yep. <laughs> yep. I mean, I can think of no better. We can play their jingle. I wonder if they have a jingle. <laughs> oh my gosh, that's really good. Listen next time and we'll see. That's right. We'll see how we'll see how can you imagine some redneck from South Carolina calling up to Des Moines? Hey, listen, we got this podcast. Would you guys be willing to sponsor us? I know we're not really from Iowa, nor are we Lebanese, but hey. Iowa. <laughs> Iowa. Yeah. Oh, oh my gosh. So funny. All right, okay, go stuff. ahead. Give us your uh, aha moment you've had in your life. So um, I was today years old when I found out that butt load was an actual measurement. It, it's actually- it is. actually... It is an actual measurement, and it's 477 liters. I don't want to know. So this, this, unit. this, I did know, and <laughs> believe it or not. Because of bourbon or something, right? No, no, no. Actually, no. This conversation, Lindy, my, Lindy would be like the, my family Google queen. And mm, so at some family point, K. right, and I said something about, I use the term buttload and she goes, what even is a buttload? And she Googled it and found out it was an actual, I'm like, I don't know. I, I didn't know that until she Googled it and found out, but yes, I did know that. I was aware that it was an actual huh, yeah. standard of measurement. It's bigger than a barrel, smaller than a ton, but T-U-N, tun, tun, ton. Mm. I got nothing. Is that not the same? As, is T-U-N different than a T-O-N? I think so. Huh. It's also bigger than Spell a hogshead. Hogshead is 238 liters. Wasn't Hogshead the name of the saloon on the Dukes of Hazard? No, that was the Boar's Nest. Oh. Never mind. The Boar's <laughs> Nest was, was the saloon that Dave. Hog, what was it? Hog. Hog. What was Boss the name? Hog was the, Boss Hog was the mayor. Boss Hog. Yeah. yeah. Roscoe P. Coltrane was Coltrane. the deputy. Yeah. Mm hmm. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Anyway. And, I'm gonna go down and, there and we're off. Yep. Let's avoid that <laughs> rabbit hole. Yeah. Maybe maybe we should have spent the whole podcast trying to figure out if something else. I don't know. Anyway. Um, What's yours? So my name is Chris Lynch from South Carolina. Um, so I don't, one thing that I did not know forever was, and, I'm, and I may have mentioned this in the podcast before, so if I did, forgive me, but like I thought forever. So the song by... Um, the Bellamy Brothers, uh, listen to the music. Whoa, listen to the music mm -hmm. forever. I thought they sang it's still music, and I thought that doesn't oh. make sense, but I really did. I thought it was, whoa, it's still music, but it was not. It was, whoa, listen to the music. So, huh. 
it's still music. I don't know. Again, that would have changed my life, but yeah. I probably made a fool of myself at some point. Um, my one of my my best friend forever used to think that this Van Halen song Panama Panama. He swore for years it was Cannonball Cannonball Cannonball. So I guess he thought. I, I guess he thought Van I, was doing was jumping off a diving board and splashing people in the water. I don't know that I've ever known what that was. I don't know what I sing, but it's just like a. It wasn't Panama or Cannonball. It was just kind of like man and uh. So you taught me something new. Made Shana na na. Yeah, exactly. I'm just gonna sing whatever consonants come. Whatever. Yeah. Fantastic. Yeah. Sweet. Well, let's dive into something that's actually <laughs> maybe helpful. It may not be as entertaining, but it'll be it'll be helpful. Um, maybe. Yeah, we hope. <laughs> maybe you'll <laughs> stop listening ten minutes in, um, and and you know, or have. maybe you've already stopped. Or maybe you, yeah. yep. maybe you'll never yep. hear what we're talking about right now. <laughs> um, so this conversation kind of stems out. I have been uh, in South Carolina every so often. I make an effort to. Uh, to get around to each of our 12 districts and meet with youth workers, mainly because turnover happens so fast. We have so many part-time and volunteer youth workers and even the full-time youth workers with, with turnover. I like to get out and, and and meet them and make build relationships. And so one of the things that's been interesting this year is I've done that is I've had a lot of new youth workers who, when I mean new, I mean not new to that location. I mean new as a new in youth ministry. As a matter of fact, last night we were at one of the districts and um, there was a lady there who had started her church as the family ministries director which included youth, which was new to her. She would have been in children's ministry prior to that. And so she was, you know, asking all the questions, which was great, um, you know, to try to help her, give her some foundations, I guess. And um, so that was one of the reasons we brought this up. And Laura mentioned that it may be good for us to talk about, you know, what do you wish you would have known when you started ministry? Like, what do you know now that you wish you had known you know, for me, 27 years ago when you first started ministry. And so what what are some things, what are the first, what's the first thing that jumps to your mind that you wish you would have known when you were wet behind the ears in ministry? And why? Why would it, why would it be important? Um, mine is never let your senior pastor be surprised. Mm. Like if something happens or something goes wrong or something goes right, whatever it is, um, just keep that person in the loop. I learned that one the hard way and thank God my pastor was very gracious. We were on a retreat, a kid got injured. It never occurred to me to call the pastor and yeah. let him know, uh, the next sat Sunday morning at church, we were still on the retreat. Somebody says, so, um, how is so-and-so doing? And the pastor was like, mm, I don't, know anything about that so um he again so gracious helped me to learn that that was not the yeah. best move on my part um so just in general don't let the pastor be surprised yeah that, that that's just good that's a great one um I, I i don't know that i ever remember not learning that but this is one of the things i did and i don't know if it was always just a cya thing for me or what but mm -hmm. um you know that's good. I think it helps. And the biggest thing is this is it may never get to them. And that's why even the little things, but if it mm -hmm. does, they're prepared, you know, yep. and, and I think, and, and that helps. And I think the reason that it comes, becomes important is 
and this goes, this could go, I think communication between staffs, whether it's, you know, I guess in that situation, you're talking about a youth worker who is, you know, is kind of supervisor, the, the quote unquote boss is the pastor, but even the other way, I think this communication mm-hmm. um, between staff is critically important for that reason. And I, and I think, if really whether you're on the pastor side or the youth worker, children's worker side, whatever it is that you you when when you are prepared for those things, you appreciate that because um, it doesn't catch you as off guard. You've had some time to maybe even process what your response might be be like, and, and it says to you them that 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 you value them and want them to succeed, not just mm-hmm. you know, um, lead them out. Any thoughts about that beyond that, Kay? Or you want to share yours either way? Uh, I think it's a great one. Um, more times than not, they might not hear it, but yeah, it's that one time that they do. Uh, mine is around boundaries. I think knowing um, that you can really get pulled in uh, 24-7, your job's never done. It's just not. And so really setting those boundaries for yourself Um Having a day off or two, (laughs) um, allowing for that every week and sharing that with parents and youth leaders. So they know that, no, you're not going to hear from me on this day. You know, if you email me, just know it's going to be a day before I get back with you or whatever. Um, Take your vacation. Um, If you're a volunteer, allow yourself a vacation. Mm -hmm. Um, I even love the model I've known of churches and I think it's a, a lot of times a church wide, but if it's not in your case, make it at least a ministry wide. Um, January is off. You just take January off um, from programming. Not, not if you're paid, not your whole job, but make (laughs) the programming part of ministry um, a break in January so that you're kind of make it a planning and, you know, that type of thing. Cause it's so hard to, I compared youth ministry of, of planning a birthday party every week, you know, um, even if it's Bible study, we say we don't want programming, but you're still, if it's Bible study, you're still planning or Sunday school. So just, you know, giving yourself and, that opportunity. And I think even if it's not January, figuring out what that rhythm is. Yeah, right. Uh, finding, Whatever works. Finding breaks in your rhythm. And by the way, just FYI, we did a whole podcast around boundaries. And I looked it up. It was January. Yeah. So to go back to the archives, if you haven't listened to that, we did a series on healthy habits and boundaries is one of those. So we go way in detail there. You know, you mentioned vacation. It's interesting you say that. I was in a clergy meeting yesterday. And there's been this article going around Facebook um, mm-hmm. about uh, a pastor who left the ministry. I haven't read the article, to be honest with you, but they were just actually discussing that. And they were and the, the district superintendent at the clergy meeting kind of asked the pastor, you know, would you be willing to share what you kind of do to avoid burnout? And this one pastor was talking about his former church that in his evaluation in the year, he was asked by SPRC, he get, he got four weeks of vacation. They said, you take all four weeks. He said, no, I took two. And they they said, well, we're not going to give you uh, the highest rating in this evaluation because you need to take all four. And so oh, wow. he, he took all four. Yeah, it's, I thought it was pretty cool. That's great. Yeah, but I think it, it speaks to the importance. And, and, and the, the, the unfortunate thing for folks in ministry is 
you don't that's not that's not the norm i don't think for sprcs you know if you don't set those boundaries for yourself then they won't they will there will not be boundaries because they will get abused um mm -hmm. and i think it's critically important um i think the, the 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 biggest one i think for me is i'd go back and tell 23 year old chris that that relationships are more important than programming. I'm not yeah. you just said that programming is important. And it is. It's a it's a critical part of any kind of any age level ministry, any you know, church ministry programs are important. I'm not saying programs are not important, even though I'm going to write a book called Devaluing the or um deprogramming youth ministry one of these days. Yes, I am going to write it. I promise. Maybe. Um anyway, maybe not. I've been saying this for five years, so they give me a hard time about it. You've but, put it out there on the podcast. Now it's going to happen. Yeah, I got to do it now. Um, but I think in order, sometimes with the 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 pressure to create a great birthday party to use Kay's and Nigel Minigo each week, that becomes kind of the, the driving force behind ministry. And I think that mm -hmm. we have to know that um, and I, I've said this often that I, I don't, I was involved in youth ministry all my life. I can't remember one program that I attended. that was just fantastic. I don't remember one message, one sermon, one lesson, one object, a lesson, one game really that I remember that really sticks out. But I remember the way I connected with or didn't connect with the way youth leaders or pastors have made me feel those relationships. I still have, I still value and I've experienced that now um, as someone who's no longer in the local church, but was in a local church for 16 years and still live in that town. You know, I, I have people that I consider friends now who were youth in my, in my youth ministry. I have, you know, I, I, I you, I, I've had two things today as we record this, um, this afternoon, I'll be going to a funeral. The father of one of my former youth passed away. And so I'll be at that funeral why? Because I had that relationship with Greg, you know, mm -hmm. um, mm -hmm. a couple of weeks ago, one of my former youth, um, his stepson was tragically killed when a storm blew a tree over and landed on the guy. He was, the kid was 15 years old. Well, of course mm -hmm. I reached out to that, to that youth that, that I had that, because I had that relationship, want to check on him, make sure he was okay. One of my former volunteers, his dad passed away yesterday and I called him, you know, and so I'm not, you know, why not? Because it had nothing to do with those programs, but it had everything to do with the right. family relationships. And so I think, you know, as much as you want to um, offer and create effective programs, we have to know that those are a tool to build relationships, to help people grow in their faith. So that's the thing I tell myself is don't put, don't put so much pressure on yourself to, to create great programs, but strive to create great relationships. That's what I'd mm -hmm. say. Any thoughts there? Yeah, no, I, I think that's great. That's uh, one of the um, the people that I talked with when we were in Daytona. She was saying, you know, like that their students came from all different schools and different places. And she said, what I want is for the people, the leaders, the students, for this to be a place where they want to talk to each other and share life with one another. And, you know, like that that was her goal for their youth group, which, you know, speaks to that relationships because we've talked a million times that um, people, students, adults, anybody, they, they will be a lot more likely to listen to what you're trying to say too, if there's a relationship there, yep. if you're not just, 
standing there preaching to them um, the makes way all I heard, the difference. The way I heard that, just the best way I've heard that kind of expressed, and I've used this over the years, is people don't care what you know until they know how much you care. You yep. know, that's that relationship piece is, and I, and I use, and I use, and I've often phrased it as in ministry, you have to earn the right to speak truth into people's lives. Yep. Otherwise, otherwise, especially in today's world, when there's so many voices in so many places, they get messaging, whether it's from social media or, 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 or traditional media, um, you know, kids at school, friends at work, whatever that, that, that in order to, to really to to earn you had to earn the right to be able to speak truth um into their into their lives uh, for it to be heard otherwise it is just noise i guess as you said mm-hmm. well so those are kind of i guess our, our our biggest ones are there other things that that you have learned over the years that you didn't know that you wish somebody had told you when you were in when you were starting in ministry what else comes well, I was going to say back to the whole relationship idea um, that is probably number one priority in in ministry. And you need to have the support of your senior pastor and SPR in that because sitting at a football game is just as important as sitting at your desk. And if you don't have that support or more times than not, and I hate to say this, but to be called out by a secretary because you didn't show up, you know, you're not in the office at 9 a.m. on Monday morning. Well, because I was, you know, at the church until 10 p.m. the night before. Right. Um, so making sure that you find ways to help <laughs> Um, your superiors understand that support that um, how important that is is hard, and so find, find you know find your champions or find your liaisons who's who help will understand that and will help. Um, I hate to use in the fight, but in to support you in to defend that. it. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and I think part of that too is clear communication. Mm -hmm. If the secretary doesn't know that you do Mm -hmm. football games until 9 PM on Thursdays, whatever it is, you know? And so I um, always found that that was actually a lesson. My mom as a teacher taught me that to always be as kind as you can to the office staff and help them be on your side. (laughs) And so when they answer the phone, they don't say, she is never here. I don't know what she's doing, but she's never in the office. You know, we never you know. see her. Exactly. Instead, they could say, oh, she's um out having lunch with students today, you know, or whatever that might be. So and that's that a, communication's good. And that's a simple email, you know, that says, hey, if if there is, if you're in a situation where that is kind of the expectation, even whether it's written or, or unspoken, mm-hmm. you know, that you're in the office from nine to nine to four or whatever it is, then I'm shooting an email the night before saying, Hey, I'm not going to be there until at the afternoon tomorrow because I was with students last night or I was at a, you know, at a debate tournament last night or whatever it might be. Mm-hmm. Just again, is that, that's that communication piece. I would, you know, lady Laura, you mentioned that your mom taught you always, you know, be kind of the secretary. I, I would say the secretary and the custodian. Yep. Yeah, absolutely. That was the <laughs> other one that she always said. Yep. The two people in, whether you're in a school or, or in a church that, that you want to, to have it. 
again, it's, you don't want to manipulate anybody. I'm not saying manipulate, no. but if you have an opportunity to help them to have their back, you know, um, again, it's relationship building, but it's they're they're going to be more likely to help um, portray you in a positive light when they have the opportunity. I'm very curious. Then it's as as then it's it. this the scout's fault for whatever's broken yes, in the church, exactly. and not the youth group's fault. Right, right, right. Um, and along that lines, I think, um, and typically the average youth person is not good at this. And I'd be the first to admit, but especially your first year in a position, keep track of your time. Um, And that's just, it's to protect you. It's protect, like I was saying, your time to be able to say, here's how I spent my time to make sure that the expectations equal the job description, but also so that the secretary can defend you. Um, in those situations, or even to shoot an email to the pastor and the secretary, here's my schedule for next week. This is where I'm going to be. This is when I'm going to be in the office. This is when I'm going to the football game, blah, 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 you know, and it's just like you said, Lord, to keep the lines of communication open and to also help them champion, um, you know, and justify your time. Yeah. I think another one along the kind of, I guess, it's loosely connected is don't be a lone ranger. Yep. Yeah. Um, build a team around you, people that are helping with youth ministry. Your volunteer team is one. I mean, there may be multiple teams, you know, but um, a, a good volunteer team, uh, a, a, a good group of parents that, 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 whether it's a parent council or what, you know, is, uh, and part of that is is not just putting a team around you to support you, but being a team, putting a team around you that's going to be, um, it's going to hold you accountable. That's going to say, "Chris, mm-hmm. that's a stupid idea," um, or they'll be be honest with you and say, if you're evaluating a, a a program or a ministry, they'll say, "I think there's a better way to do that." And and then that also infers that you have to be willing to take criticism when it's yes. constructive. Now, I, I think we have to be careful. And I was in that article we talked about earlier about those pastors leaving. I've seen people on both sides of that saying he's spot on. And I heard, I saw one post from a pastor, a friend of mine, who's basically was like, you know, pastors need to suck it up and quit whining, basically. That every other profession has the same kind of problems. They don't complain about them, you know. So you have to be able to take criticism when it's constructive and, 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 and not be offended by it and not, blow it off because you're the grand, you know, you, you're the greatest youth worker of all time, or you're the greatest children's minister of all time, or you're the greatest pastor of all time. So what are these volunteers going to tell me that I don't already know? And that kind of thing, you have to be willing to, to part of that is, is knowing that, that that's, that's part of growth. Is there going to be, is, mm-hmm. is putting people in your life who are going to push you to be better at what you do? And I thought of another one then too, yeah. um, is find your, tr- uh, I'm going to, I want to say tribe. I don't know if that's offensive to anyone, but find the group of people who understand and um, who can listen. You know, you said suck it up, buttercup. But if you can find other youth leaders um, that you're meeting with regularly to help um, support you um, and who understand, you know. Yeah the suckiness of the job mm-hmm. is that a word can i use that well, you know, you can, I'm, I'm sure if you google it, you'd find something so yeah we'll go with it 
Um, but you know, it's important um, to find your people and it's not going to be your volunteers. It's not going to be your spouse. It's not going to be other staff members. They're going to support you in different ways, but I think having mm -hmm. other youth leaders, or if you're in children's mini ministry, other, you know, um, children's leaders who totally get what you're doing. Yeah, that's good. All, you know? Yeah. Yeah. What else? Any other wisdom you have from the early days or is that a, is that a pretty good wrap? I mean, we got lots of wisdom, whether or not it's helpful. That's <laughs> got lots of something. Yeah. We've got you know, lots of something. I don't know, but the my working definition of wisdom is uh, is age plus experience. And so we have both of those things between us. That's right. That's, so that's, that's, that's we do. That's true. So how about a random fact then? Bring it on. All right. Let's hear it. Are you guys familiar with Ronald Dahl? D-A-H-L. He's a children's author. He wrote James the Giant Peach, Charlie the Chocolate oh, Factory, Matilda. Um, is a very well-known children's author. Evidently, Ronald Dahl, the children's book author, was also a spy. Mm, really? to, be, to be more precise, he was an agent for the British Security Coordination. He was tasked to gather intel during the Second World War. Now, those are some books I would like to read. Yeah. So, really? Yeah. So, the question, you know, me always have these like weird questions like, what is, like, it's like, what, what would be like the per, to me, that's, being a children's author is a pretty good cover for being a spy. And I'm, and yeah. my mind goes to, what are some, you know, what other occupations would be good covers to be a spy? Now that I'm in the market to be a spy, because I'd be a terrible spy, I think. Uh, but you know, well, youth leader. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Anything in ministry. <laughs> yep. Do because, we have something to, uh, or like a hairdresser. People tell everybody, tell oh the hairdressers gosh. all their secrets. Yes. You know, start talking. Are you all those people that are yappy in the chairs? Maybe it's because I, of course, when I get my hair cut, it takes like, it takes I was like say, it half minutes. So maybe yeah, that's what it is. I don't, it's a day long experience for me these days. Oh, geez. Nice. <laughs> oh. Wait, what you good. Okay. Yeah. Here's a piece of advice. Oh, um, oh, I can't wait. This should be good. Kay's giving advice yeah. about spying. I can't wait. This should be great. This should be no. podcast gold. So <laughs> if you go to the same um, hair person as like the other people in your church, stop. Because oh. um, I had to leave someone because they're like I was getting information I didn't need and I know that she was sharing information she shouldn't have. So see, I thought no, we should see? restart the yeah. podcast because now we're getting into the good stuff. Things mm -hmm. right. I wish you had known. I wish I'd known I should have been mouthing off to my hairdresser because other people went there. Or that you need I'm, to go to a hairdresser out of town or something like yes, that. Yes. Or you can do like I do and go to Great Clips and you never have the same hairdresser. Hairdresser. There you I don't, go. I, don't, I, don't, I wouldn't call what I have hairdressing. Stylist. The, the, Stylist. Having the same barber. You know, <laughs> I have a different one almost every time I go. And so that's not an issue. <laughs> they don't know who I am. So Yeah, this is true. Of course, it's also uh, hard to get really deep into ministry and work conversations when you're only there for seven and a half minutes. So yeah. This is true. That's true. Yeah. I would also say the grocery store. I would go to a, a grocery mm -hmm. store outside, you know. Why? Well, I would never buy alcohol in town. Oh. I've never seen buying alcohol. But that was back in the day. I think things have loosened up. Alcohol. Yeah. That's interesting. 
Mm-hmm. It was like grocery. So I would go through drive the drive You're thinking spy drive throughs. Drive through grocery stores. Drive through in the south. Drive through grocery stores. Like beer mm-hmm. caves. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, we had yeah. some of those. We don't I mean, very, in Ohio, there. In Ohio, you have a lot. Like my hometown probably had, and we're talking twenty thousand max in my hometown. We oh. probably had five huh. or six. Now there's two close to me three close to me but yeah so that way no one could see you know laura and i actually saw one in daytona we started laughing it was yep. a drive-up liquor store and cigarette place and there was a guy on a bicycle <laughs> at the drive-thru we were laughing <laughs> he must have drank his last 12 pack before he was still in the car <laughs> anyway is that drinking and driving i don't know on your on your yeah well, it's like what is george jones george jones the old country singer they they said you should be seen riding around nashville on his lawnmower because <laughs> he had gotten a dui or something along those lines <laughs> oh Definitely. my gosh that's awesome yeah so anyway all right well that, then we don't know how we got to, i mean this we, is just bonus information i just want you to know that's we, right. we just went from ronald Dahl to george jones in about three and a half minutes that's pretty impressive there you go yeah. We cover the gamut here on the Cultivating Ministry Podcast. Hope you enjoyed the, the podcast. Hope it's been helpful for you. If we can do anything to help you at Cultivate Group, uh, by all means, reach out to us. You can find us on our website, cultivategroup.org. That's C-U-L-T-I-V, the number eight, group.org. And, of course, at all of our uh, social media platforms. You'll hear about those in just a second as we close this one out. But as always, we appreciate you spending your time with us, and we hope to see you next time on the Cultivating Ministry Podcast. Thanks for listening to the Cultivating Ministry Podcast. Strategies, resources, and conversations equipping leaders to cultivate healthy ministry environments. If you enjoyed this episode, please be sure to like, rate, and review our show wherever you get your podcasts. We would love to connect with you on social media, so follow Cultivate Group at C-U-L-T-I-V, the number eight group, on Instagram and Facebook. And check out our website at cultivategroup.org. That's C-U-L-T-I-V, the number eight, group.org. Thanks for listening. See you next time.